Hello and welcome to We're Listening, the podcast all about Frasier. I'm Will. I'm Key. And this week we're looking at Season 2, Episode 16, the show where Sam shows up, in which Frasier's close friend and former bartender, Sam Malone, returns to Seattle. So Key, in this episode, addictions are mentioned quite a lot. Um, Now, I know you well enough to know you don't have any serious addictions, which I'm certainly not making light of to anyone listening, but do you entertain any more frivolous ones? Is there anything you would say, even with tongue-in-cheek, that you're addicted to? This could be food, TV, anything anything in your life. Um, I think, well, one thing that I think I am kind of addicted to, and I've tried to cut it out like the last few weeks, mm. um, I, I'm like, I'm one of those people I, I will randomly just flick through social media absentmindedly yeah. oh, while yeah. I'm watching TV. Um, and I don't even realize I'm doing it. It's just like my right hand is just doing it on autopilot. Um, so what I, I, I've deleted like the social media apps from my phone now to just to try and do one thing at a time rather than just this mo- absent-minded multitasking that I've been doing for, for months. That is a really good idea, I think. I'm, we've talked about this in a previous podcast episode, but you know, sometimes just leaving my phone on the desk and watching something without taking my eyes from it is, you know, is good practice because I'm like you. I... If I, you know, I obviously spend a lot of my time writing, which is the nature of what I do. I, I write 250 words, I reach my phone. I write 100 words, I reach my phone. Like every time there's a quick lull and I just need that hit of, a, and, you know, endorphins or whatever, you just check your phone. It's it's really insidious and, and creepy in many ways. Um, sometimes, like I've said this before, like I'll, I'll open Twitter on my phone, I'll close it, and then I'll get my computer out and open Twitter on there instantly. And it's just like, what are you doing? Like, it's... It's I think we're in a, mad. a society where we're expected really to be available 24-7 mm. for emails and calls. And, Read and receipts so f- really changed things there, didn't they? Yeah, and, and you feel that you need to have your phone on you at all times. Yeah. Um, and if nothing's come in, then, we'll, oh, well, I'll just absentmindedly flick through. And because it's there, you just do it without thinking. So, yeah, like that's... It's, it's one of those things. I don't I really don't like the whole interconnected everything these days. That everything's available at twenty four seven. God no! It's, I just feel like those companies and those those apps have fostered that dependency that you mentioned. And it's just you know, it, it reads receipts, etc. Back in the day, you text someone. They could get back to you days later and you'd never know any different now. You see they've read the message or you see they've been online and you think, why are they ignoring me? And it's just like everything is designed to make you feel anxious and at the center of some conspiracy or something. So yeah, I do. I feel like I should put on my WhatsApp, expect a message three to five working days. That is honestly, <laughs> that's what you, you can put a little tagline, can't you, as a motto? You should do that. You should really do that. <laughs> I mean, I on a far more frivolous note, and I mean, again, I'm not making light of addiction at all here. We're just talking in, in general terms. Sour cream and onion Pringles for me. You pop open those, oh, I babies. Love and love I, sour cream and onion honest Pringles. Honest to God, I have an issue with them. I've I've been known to just eat a whole pipe of them one Christmas and was so ill I just couldn't move. Um you know, for me, that is Christmas. Like I would buy that on you know like, just before Christmas and think if I don't eat this in one sitting, I'll be disappointed. Yeah, you've got it's Christmas, to. it's what you've got to do. They demand to be gorged, don't they? Um, so listeners, if you have any kind of minor vices or addictions like that, please let us know. And indeed, if you have any actual serious ones, like Sam talks about his former alcoholism, we'd love to hear from anyone who's, you know, maybe working through those issues or has got over them because Frasier has, you know, been a great help to plenty of people over the years. I'm sure it has, um, for anyone out there who's maybe 
suffered a hard time in that respect. Um, okay, Key, are you ready to tuck yourself in a trivia corner this week? I am indeed, yeah. Excellent. Well, I have to apologise first and foremost to uh, to Corey because we're recording this on a Friday, not on a Saturday. And I gave him no heads up about this um, because it's, it's been a pretty mad week. And uh, so he hasn't had a chance to get his trivia to us. So I've said when he sends those questions, if he, if he chooses to, because he's not obliged, you know, this is something he chooses to do and we're so grateful for. Um, we'll answer them at the beginning of next week's. But we have got Hamish's for Trivia Corner this week and Missy Callis's, um for UK. So let me let me just cycle over to Reddit to find these for you. Okay, so question numero uno from Hamish for you for the show where Sam shows up. Why hasn't Cliff been going to the bar for a while? Well, I think... Um... Is he a flesh-eating bacteria and hasn't left his mum's house? He, yeah, he read about one. I don't think he has it. Um, oh, we read about I'd one. Be extremely concerned <laughs> if he had it. I was a kid. To me, they were always one of the scariest things imaginable. Like that is just ult- ultimate gross out. I think a flesh-eating bacteria, um, horrifying. But yes, well played. Question two: Why did Fraser tell Sam that Martin was dead back in Boston? Oh, I know they had a fight. They did specifically. They what were the circumstances of that fight? Or how did it end? Oh, God. I, I think it was over the phone and he hung up on him. That's or you're like seventy five percent of the way there. I can't remember what the actual fight was about. No, that, that's what I'm looking for. Martin called him something and then hung up on him. Oh, um, you're so close. Snob, maybe? Oh, uh, very close. I'm going to give you the point. He calls him a stuffed shirt and then hung oh, up on him. Um, I mean, stuffed shirt, I don't even know what that means. It just kind of means you're a waste of space. You're just kind of... I think it's like you're very, you're prim and proper. You're form, you're boring. Okay, there you go. Um, but I would take stuffed shirt to mean. Wow, that is good enough for me. Okay. Uh, question three. What is the trademark of all of Fraser's bedmates? This is a brilliant quote. Oh, um, do they run out? As soon as they see him. Or they like do. That. They run out yeah. as soon as they see him, which we get this great bit from Niles in Nervosa. Um, but that's a pretty, I mean, a pretty good clean sweep there, Kay. Um, oh, uh, I mean, I wouldn't give me the, the I, Well, the I, um, I'm <laughs> choosing to be benevolent here, and you gave them all a really good shot. But lastly, we have Missy's here. Um, what is the question to this answer? Quote, because Sam was a major league ball player. Oh, oh, um, Ingy, it's the... He, Martin says it to Daphne, yeah? Yes, he does. Oh, yeah, in, in relation to what? Is it like setting the table? Like set the, the good plates? The good the china? Good china yes, yes, absolutely right. Well played, Key. Because cool. sometimes those, that, that's a great format of Missy there. They can really throw you off. Um, so yeah, well played. Really good stuff. Um, right, did you have any questions for me this week? Or should we... Yeah, I've, I've, got, I've got a few. Um, okay, cool. Um, by all means, then... far away. Okay, so um, I'm not feeling question one. Okay, who has recently had a baby boy? Oh, who was recently? Ah, Woody, Woody and and Kelly. Yes, yes, Woody Boyd. Finally, I get one. Question two: Mm -hmm. Where did Sam give up four consecutive home runs? Or four consecutive uh, runs, I think. Um, but runs, oh runs. man, it's it's the something dome, isn't it? Um, it is the something dome. Oh man, I I, I know the name because um, I feel like I've been on the Wikipedia page for it recently. I tend to find myself on the Wikipedia pages of large sports venues. <laughs> I don't know why. <laughs> um, 
Ah, oh, the dome, the dome, the dome. Astrodome. It's the King Dome. The King Dome. Way, way simpler. Way simpler. And the Astrodome sounds like it's a place. I don't know if it sounds is. cool, doesn't it? I'd it go to the Astrodome. Does, man. I'd go there too. Maybe see <laughs> Mo in like a duff fan machine flowing over the fly, floating over the top. Um, okay. Yeah, there you go. My final question. Mm -hmm. This is a tough. I think it's fairly tough. Um, 1949 oh, no. Yankees initials VR. Is it? Oh man, I remember him saying the name. Oh, because I always think of Ving Ving Rhames from uh, the Mission Impossible films, the actor. But obviously, it's not Ving Rhames. Um. Oh man, I'm gonna kick myself, but it, it's gone. You have to tell me. Um, Vic Rashi. Vic Rashi. Ah man, I really took note when he said that as well. So I should have remembered that. I mean, my other option was to go with initial CM, but I thought that might be a little bit too hard. I can't even remember that one as well. That was like, oh no. So it was like a Polish name or something, wasn't it? Yeah, it was it? like Szeslaw Milovic or something like that. Says, or... Yeah, something like, something like that. That's a great moment. Um, but yeah. Uh, but thank you so much, Hamish. Again, massive apologies to Corey. But if you do want to get questions to us, and um, you will have seen my message on Facebook before you hear this. So I don't know why I'm saying this now. Um, but if you do send any questions, they will be at the beginning of next week's episode. Animation Watch Key for the review this week. Can you tell me what the animation was, please? I genuinely can't remember. <laughs> I, um, <laughs> what? This is very... a first? You're always straight off the bat? It, it's going back to the early days of season one, isn't it? When um, I was like, oh, there's animation. Don't even remember. <laughs> um, I genuinely, I've had a, it's been a, I think it's fair to say for most of the world, it's been quite a disjointed week. It's been um, extremely draining. Extremely and I, draining. Genuinely, I, I didn't make a note of it. And off the top of my, I, just, I can't remember. I was thinking rain, but I'm pretty sure that's the week before. So oh, all I'll say is it's classic Frasier. Here's a little guess for you. Is it the lift it's, or the red light? Uh, it's it's the skylights. Um, oh. the, the lights on the skyline is a. a I would I would say this is quintessential. Um, one step above the lift, which is almost as bad as having nothing, as I've said many times. Um, <laughs> we now cut to Fraser and KCL. He's running some kind of call-in promotion or something's going on here. Is it a bit of like a K KACL sweeps week type thing? Is that what's happening? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, it's mm. um, it's the cash call, isn't it? So I think it's a bit like. With a pledge know, drive and stuff. Yeah, and I think uh, we have things like on Heart FM. If you like, if you I don't know, I mean, but we don't really do like if you answer your phone with this phrase. I think it's probably more of an American thing. Um, yeah, I think I remember hearing maybe that when I was really young. Like, I used to listen to Heart FM a lot on the way into school, um, primary school. This is, um, yeah, it, it does feel like a bit the, the phrase that pays. <laughs> that, I mean, we wouldn't yeah. we wouldn't phrase it like that. It'd be something way more stupid and infantile here in in Britain. It'd be like, you know, oh, blow like, me down. Yeah, well, blow me down. <laughs> That's literally my next bullet point. Um, this must have been such a brilliant reveal in 94 for all those people who, I mean, it's, it's only been a year or, or two since Cheers has been off the air. But this must have been a great moment for people. Like, this is probably the most iconic thing to happen in the show of Frasier that we've seen so far. Um, I mean, how do you imagine this went down if you were, like, a devout Cheers fan in the 90s? I, I imagine this was huge because... Obviously, you know, we've got Frasier and Lilith, so you've got those ties to Cheers. Mm -hmm. But in many ways, I think the show has winked at Cheers more so than... Well, obviously, he's made, you know, reference to... I think in the opening episode, he talks about how he, he hung around a bar every night, he talks about Boston. But um, it, it, it doesn't really... It, it tries to, I think, reinvent itself as a show separate to Cheers. Yeah. Um, like, you know, I think, for instance, um, in Flower Child, when um, the taxi driver has her kid in a cab... Um, and I think someone wrote in to say, 
ages. Someone was born in a cabin. Frederick, they, yeah. Yeah. So I think they've they've tried to wink at it, but have not relied on a Cheers fan base, so to speak. So I think that you're perhaps not expecting characters from Cheers to show up because of the approach mm-hmm. they've taken. Um, and I'd love to know, in terms of like the marketing and the promotion of the show, I mean, obviously, the, the, the name of the episode is the show where Sam shows up. Yeah. Um, but I'd love to know if, you know, did they did they reveal at the start of the season we'll have a beloved Cheers character make an appearance? Or I'd love to know how much knowledge or how much it was going to be a surprise for the audience. Yeah, I mean, I'm forgetting as well. I'm maybe doing a disservice to Lilith here because Lilith is technically our first in season one is our first, you know, throwback to Cheers. So obviously, I, for some reason, in my head, I'd completely... I imagine Lilith more in my see, head. I always think of Lilith as a Frasier-y character more so, so than Cheers. So do I. And that's illogical. But yeah, it, I, yeah, that stems from the fact neither of us have watched beyond like season six of... Well, she's she's in it before then, but um, I think she, she hangs around a lot more after that. So yeah, I, I see her as more of a Frasier character, whereas Sam is very much Cheers. So yeah, but we forget that obviously they've already done this great crossover. But for me, you know, Sam is, is iconic to Cheers. So it, it kind of has a bit more currency to it i think his appearance would have been a, a bit is, more shocking it was just one small tangent i want to go on please <laughs> well because, um obviously i'm not sure if, if you uh, listeners will have it yet but we did record recently the bonus episode of cheers yeah this um i haven't put, released or edited them yet but this episode right now will be coming out a day after the um the cheers episode to listeners you will have heard our cheers review special by now so if, if listeners have, have listened to it by this stage, um, they'll know that we discussed the phrase in the family way and the fact that my nan uses that phrase and whether my nan got it from Ted Danson on Cheers and things like that. <laughs> I called, I spoke to my nan this morning because she's just started listening to our podcast because she's just oh, worked out. Oh my God, that's so she's, lovely. She's just worked out how to use Spotify because... Oh man. I've had been getting messages going, I went on there, but I couldn't find your podcast. And it turns out <laughs> she'd just been scrolling down the top 100 most popular podcasts. And oh, understand why we now. I applaud her optimism. <laughs> um, but I, I, I brought this up with her. I said, oh, this is what, what's going to be up, uh, going up in a few weeks. And she said, oh, no, no. It's just that phrase, apparently, is something she picked up from like her, her mom and things like that. And she told me some of the other phrases. And my favorite of which is for pregnancy. She's in the pudding club. She's in the, she's in the pudding club. <laughs> yes. That is bizarre. <laughs> yeah, that was club. another phrase apparently they used along with in the family way. She's in the pudding club. Um, wow. Which I just wanted to give a shout out to because I, I love that phrase. I might start using that more. I'm going to try and bring it back, to be honest. I think you should, but you're going to get some some strange looks, I think, in, I think, in the meantime. I think so, yeah. I, I think I'll get a few slaps, possibly. I, I think you will. Um, right, so in, in KCL, Sam's shown up. Roz is immediately infatuated with him, which is something we can, we can expect because they're both kind of like, you know, not even opposites attracting they're the same end attracting um but i wouldn't expect it to be so obvious about it would you i think ross although she is you know she's very wily and and street smart and sex positive she's still quite obvious and overt here yeah she she is she's um it's quite strange because sometimes you feel like ross like she often talks about how she can you know can do it with men too and just like completely withhold any kind of affection and things like that and 
But at the same time, I think when she wants something, she's happy to make it obvious and go and get it. Um, yeah. She wants Sam. She does want Sam. <laughs> um, she, she wants Sam very much so that she gives him her card, which just looks like a pink post-it note um, that she's written her name on. Do you think she actually has a professional business card? Um, I would have thought so. Mm. Like, I mean, usually, a, 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 I would imagine a place like KACL has a card for every member of their staff. Yeah, like you get on your first day, so you can just hand people your card. Um, yeah, I think so. I think. I mean, be surprised. Uh, does, uh, did we ever see Fraser give one out? I don't. I don't know. Well, Fraser would. He'd, he'd want one more classy than KCLs, though. He'd have one. He'd with, have like uh, in yeah, like expensive stationery that he's had custom made. Um, yeah, 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 and a load of initials at the end that no one understands. Yeah, I, <laughs> I think so. Um, he must have one, although I don't think we ever see him give it out. Um, obviously, Sam starts reeling off now all the things that have happened. Woody's had birth, given birth, or Kelly has given birth to a baby boy. Woody's now a proud father. Um, the question, is he? No, he's smart. <laughs> it's hilarious um, <laughs> because we know Woody Boyd is not the sharpest tool in the shed. A weird gag about the plumber um, that goes on for quite yeah. a bit. Rebecca married a plumber, struck gold, then he left her. Now she's back at the bar. It's got a lot of layers to it, this joke. I mean, how did you find this? I mean, I think this probably doesn't land with me in the same way it would someone who is a devout Cheers fan. I feel like this is an episode that if you're a big Cheers fan and you watched it start to finish, this episode has a lot more meaning to you. Yeah. Um, and there's probably a lot of in-jokes that I don't necessarily get. And so as someone who's seen a few episodes of Cheers, predominantly early episodes, it, it, it's a bit strange for me because I don't know Rebecca necessarily that well. Mm. But I do love, like, just the way... I think we've spoken before about how when people just completely change the tone of their message halfway <laughs> through a speech, like Sam going, yeah, she got married, um, he's rich beyond her wildest dreams. Um, oh, but no, he dumped her. So she's he back at the bar. <laughs> she's back she, at the bar. Oh, she's working, working Cheers again. <laughs> oh. No, just back at the bar. No, it's back at the bar. <laughs> Which, yeah, that's actually a really good little moment for Sal, I think. Yeah, but I, I know, I know what you mean. We talked about that. That sudden tone shift is often really funny. Um, and so I feel like Sam does it a lot in this episode. Out of curiosity, how do you reckon it felt for Frage, for well, for Kelsey? Because obviously, he'd been on a show where Ted Danson was the star, and you yeah, know, he's the main man. How do you reckon that feels like? When you were the bit part character and now the, the star is coming to your show, do you reckon, I don't know, do you reckon he'd be a bit, I don't know, deferential towards him on set or? I don't, I don't know. know. I mean, I, it, I'd never, Kelsey's a pretty complex figure, um, yeah. more generally speaking. And I, but, but I, I always have the sense he, he probably had a bit of an ego compared to David Hyde Pierce or someone. Um, but, you know, they're both, I think him and Ted Danson are both quite macho, masculine figures. Um, so if they got on, I think they'd have both been fine with it. Um, there'd have been like a mutual respect there. And, you know, I have no, I've never read anything to suggest they didn't get on, but I haven't really done that reading. So, but I think it certainly would have been weird um, to know that, like, here's the guy who was heading the show that made me. And now I'm in a show that's arguably even more critically successful. And he's now a bit part character on my show for one episode kind of thing. So, yeah, it's it's a funny thing how those kind of worlds collide and probably would have been so interesting back in 94 or whenever this aired to, to see that happening in real time. Um, 
but yeah, interesting kind of talking point with this episode. Um, I, I like how Martin, when we're back at the apartment now, I like how he knows Sam because of his sports legacy. Like, I don't, as much as we know, Fraser's never really spoken to them about the individual characters at the bar in Cheers, at uh, the bar in Boston. You know, he, he mentions it a lot. We've talked about this, but usually euphemistically and never quite goes into the detail we expect him to. So I love that his reputation precedes him, that Martin knows him because Martin knows sports. And I like the comment about Daphne about how they revere sports figures. I just really enjoyed this. Yeah, I mean, for Martin, what, Sam alone is the most important person ever to set foot in his apartment. <laughs> no, such a good line. Um, um, I mean, really, what, I, sorry, you go, you go. I was going to say, I like the little interplay between Martin and Sam when they first meet. And, you know, Martin one has no subtlety. Like, I'm, I was there the night you gave up four consecutive home runs. I bet you remember that, don't you? <laughs> don't tell someone that. I know. Um, it's like, oh, did I hurt anyone? Or good yeah, night. Sam's response. It, it's funny, but at the same time, it's quite sad. That Oh, it's really know, sad. Yeah. It really cuts through the, the joke, doesn't it? But, like, it, it doesn't. the episode doesn't resolve that way. Just Martin carries on making gags. Yeah, and it's it is it really does, you know, confront... Sam's addiction in this episode, and we spoke addiction and started this podcast, but mm-hmm. it really, it's not afraid to shy away from it. You know, that at the height of his career, he, he can't remember it because of the drinking. Yeah, like that's a really, really powerful thing for him to say because, you know, we, we talked like a few weeks ago about Stephen King, you know, and like how he's openly said he can't remember some books he's written because he was that off his nut on cocaine and stuff. You know, it's just. It's how it is you know some some people like that that have those tendencies you know it, it's a really sobering moment no pun intended at all um for for sam to say that you know so um i think it's again it's part of the fact that this show can can wend um between jokes and you know kind of moments of a bit more gravity like really well um he's i love the fact he just doesn't want to sit in martin's chair it's like yeah well maybe later he's like oh, i'll keep it warm for you i hate sitting in chairs that are warm already do you it's disgusting um, to me it, it'd be weird if someone was like hey sit in my chair like i'm gonna get up for you you can sit in my chair that'd be a bit weird when i sit down on the train and someone's been sitting there and it's warm i'm like this is horrible like get me out of here like, they could have pissed themselves for all i know Oh, it's I not mean, nice. On cross country, that's distinctly possible. Uh, yeah, um, yeah they, they, that's all they smell of. So, <laughs> and I mean, if you can uh, get a chair on cross country, you're uh, you're doing very well. Um, so, are you going to say something? Just, yeah, and it's. I mean, I don't know how. If someone says, "Oh, yeah, sit in my chair," I don't know how to react to that because one chair, unless it's a particularly bad chair, mm. it's pretty much the same as any other chair. Yeah, yeah. So he's supposed to sit down and go, "Wow, yeah, this is it's great." He's supposed really to do like subject. Daphne when they get—is it the bar lounger or the the one that vibrates? Oh yeah, and she basically just starts like getting off in it. <laughs> yeah, are you supposed to do that? I don't know. I thought that's I too know. much. We don't know what correct chair etiquette is for people. If you have a particular chair you love that you want us to appreciate, what would you expect us to do if we, if we sat down in it? Um, Niles is offended he wasn't mentioned in Fraser's life over the course of his time at Cheers here, which obviously you would be, I would be too. And the show has to do a lot of bending over backwards to fix all the plot holes from Cheers here. Yeah, F- famously, Martin past- was... Sorry, what were you saying? Because it retcons the past, really, doesn't it? Yeah, so, massively you so. Know, trying to fix those errors. Um, like Martin was dead. He was also a research assistant. John Mahoney's actually in Cheers for an episode and plays a completely different character. Perry Gilpin is also in Cheers and plays a completely different character. Um, so obviously they have to really, really work here to um, to fix what's going on. And the fact that they, you know, they come up with this 
rather believable thing that Fraser had an argument. I don't think Fraser's the kind of person who would joke a family member had died after arguing with them, but it's as believable as they can make it, I think. Um, they should have made it, though, that him and Martin had a spat that was quite serious and lasted for months or something. Yeah, that isn't something you would do if you just had an argument over the course of an evening or something. You wouldn't say, yeah, call- so my dad's dead. You know. Yeah, I mean, just because he called her like a stuff, sh- called him a stuff shirt and hung up on him is not sufficient justification. Yeah, that's not grounds to kill kill off someone in your family <laughs> yeah. just because you don't, you know, you're a bit peed with them. Um, so yeah, it's a it's a bit of a funny one, but I understand. I'm not going to pick holes in this because the show had to do what it did um, to to kind of to go forward. So, you know, I think it, you know the writers made the best of it. Um, there's, there's another point as well that sam makes i mean sam like asks martin oh you're a cop you said he was a research scientist Mm. i could understand i don't know i feel like kelsey obviously kelsey well not kelsey frazier um i can see him lying because he's got a sense of what he finds respectable and stuff like that but i feel like in a bar such as cheers you'd get more a cop would be looked on more favorably than a research scientist i find it just a little bit strange that he lied yeah, I think maybe that was, again, like, Frazier trying to be uh, more intellectual and elite than he is. Like, he, he's ashamed that his his dad's a blue-collar worker. Um, if, indeed, police would be classed as blue-collar. I don't know, it's kind of straddling the line between blue and white. Um but yeah, it's 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 a weird one. Yeah, I think I think I think you're right. That that crowd in Cheers would respond very highly to having a, a, a you know like Cliff is in the postal service. He acts like he wears the uniform of the military. You know, he constantly talks about the postal service as if it's an armed force, um, which is a common recurring gag. Cliff would be like sycophantic, knowing that you know Fraser's dad was a cop. He'd be like, oh my god, he's a police officer, blah blah blah. Um, so yeah, it's it's a it's a weird one. It's the the fact that he he resorted to that, but Fraser's mind works in mysterious ways. I think um, I, I love how Nars' jealousy starts getting inflamed now. You know, him and Daph, Sam and Daphne clearly hit it off because they're both you know of a similar age, both attractive, um, and like he you know he's like oh you know he's a sexual compulsive Nars. That's what he does. And he's like, did he miss a meeting? And you're gonna hear them in the, in the kitchen like you know kind of teasing on another. Um, I just think I just think this is a really great little interaction between the two of them that kind of goes on for a bit, um, culminating in Daphne having sweet dreams, um, which she she promises very loudly and somewhat obviously that she's gonna have. Um, and then Sheila calls. What do you make of the call from Sheila and this whole bombshell that he was supposed to marry someone? I find it quite strange that you know she's calling Fraser's apartment off. Like it's just it is. It's I don't know. I don't. Would this episode have worked better without Sheila and just, I don't know, gone down a different route maybe? I'm not sold on the idea. I'm not either. I like the fact that he's come to Seattle because Frasier was all he had and like he needs his help kind of thing um, on the ruse of coming for a job or whatever. I like that. But it's, yeah, to to have Frasier thrown into a love triangle with Sam in this really contrived way didn't work for me at all to be honest um, i think i'd have liked maybe a deeper episode where just the two of them explore sam's i don't know maybe if he's having like a midlife crisis or something like that and they he's come to fraser because he feels fraser is the one person who could help him or something like that yeah um, i think that'd be good like maybe he's like thinking of selling the bar or something and like the yeah. two of them re- recollect about all the nostalgia and memories that they had there um, i feel that would have been a really one heartwarming episode and yeah two, it, the, the Cheers fans might have got a real payoff if you get, you know, them reminiscing about their time in the bar and perhaps times that you didn't see on screen and things like that. 
That would be so um, good, I think. Like, because you then you have Frazier needing to reconnect to all those years in Shia, saying, "Look at all those times we had," you know. And yeah, I mean, I don't yeah. want to get bogged down in fan fiction, but I think that would have been a really good way for this episode to go. It's yeah, the, the Sheila plot's a bit of a, an interesting one. Nars and Frazier play their opera game here. Oh, after. I love this game. I love this so much. Um, my brother and I play a similar one actually. We, my last time we were on a holiday, we, we played it. It's it's kind of similar. It's it's in the same wheelhouse. But what we do is we we normally you name a film and then you have to name an actor in that film and then. Then you have to name... It basically just goes back and forth, film actor. So if I said to you, Tom Cruise, you would have to say any film he was in. impossible. Yeah, then I would have to say Ving Rhames, um, like I did earlier. And then you would have to tell me a film he was in. And obviously it gets really hard then. And then I would get a point. We also do one where you go for the alphabet, like A, B, C. And you just keep naming like actors beginning with that letter until one of you slips up and you move to the next one. It's kind of similar. A a bit more lowbrow than what these Frasier and Nars are doing, but... I love this I, little game, I think. And I love Nars' reaction. Just wrong, 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 <laughs> no, wrong, 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 no, wrong, no, no. <laughs> he loves it, doesn't he? Yeah, and just the way, like, the little look between Sam and Martin. Just what so is going good. on here? It's, it's so, brilliant. so good. There's just the complete discrepancy between their game and, and Nars and Frazier's is just amazing. Um, then we get Sam having to actually sit in the chair. And he does like, seem to enjoy it, does he? I can't even remember what his reaction is. I love the line. Just oh, oh yeah, this is it's it's nice. <laughs> that's that's what what else can you say? He's so like yeah, just doesn't know how to respond. Um, and then obviously Niles is about to leave, and we have Sam lecturing him in the arts of S and M, from what it sounds like. When he basically says, "You need a whipped cream and a car battery." It's like you got neighbors, don't you? And then Niles checks his watch, which I just think is amazing. Um, what on earth you could do with those things? It's just I mean, obviously a gag for a gag's sake, I think. Um, yeah, if you're introducing a car battery to the bedroom, I'm slightly you're concerned. You're going to kill someone. <laughs> like it, you know, That's not going to be pleasurable. It's going to result in death. Um, so, yeah, it's a funny moment. But I mean, when, when you say the word fetch. pleasurable, I cannot. I'm on, that is a word that for me is permanently associated with Jim Carrey in the film Bruce Almighty. Oh, when does he use that word? When he's, when he's um, he the first monkey. gets like, his powers and he goes, you may find it's quite. Pleasurable. When the monkey goes up his backside. Um, I think I don't know. I, got, I, I always thought of it when he just got back to the apartment and Jennifer Aniston's like on the balcony. Or oh something. yeah, when he's in the bedroom, he like he does that famous like all his clothes come off and he throws yeah. his backwards. I love that. I used to love that film. I mean, I'll watch anything Jim Carrey's in. I love Jim Carrey. Um, always have. But yeah, good reference, Kurt. I like that. Um, you're not going to believe it, Key. The word horny is used again in this episode. <laughs> I wish we had done a horny count. Um, there's got to be it's got to be at least the, the double digits now. He's talking about Sheila. Just you know, phrases like "I love how you can be so lovely and demeaning" in the same sentence, or, or to paraphrase, because um, he is a pretty misogynistic but ultimately heartfelt description of Sheila. Um, she's one in a million. You know, for most guys, that's just an expression. Just an expression. <laughs> this took me a while to get. Did you get that instantly? I was just being really slow, I think. Oh, this is because he slept with a million. That obviously, oh, yeah, that's, that's the joke. That's the one he's picking, it took yeah. me ages to get that. I was like, hang on. And then it, then it kind of clicked. Um, but yeah, I really like that. And I like that Frazier's doing that to him because he does it to Roz every damn episode. So it's just like, you know, let's just have Sam get his, get a, his due as well. Yeah, level playing field sort of thing. For sure, for sure. We're then in Cafe Nervosa at this point. The coffee count this week is three, which 
please correct me, listeners, if I've got this wrong. But I had to go back and try and remember because I do a terrible system for keeping keeping track of all these. I have a feeling we're on 46 now. Somewhere over the last couple of episodes, things got a bit murky. And I did just go back and check Retirement is Murder, where they have five, I think. But yeah. By all means, let me know if I've got that completely wrong. Nars mentions having a congenital heart murmur in a fantastic little speech in the in the in the in Nervosa. Amazing writing here because he ultimately has a problem with his heart later on in the show, and I just think, is this the same thing? Are they they really remembering this tiny detail from this episode, or is it a coincidence that they that they did that to him? I don't know. Yeah, it's it's if it is, it's fantastic writing, it really a fantastic is. callback to a single a little light. I mean, when he does have when he is in hospital regarding his heart, I think that is such I like the image of Niles in hospital. I think it's a really powerful image. It's one that always sticks with me. Mm. Um, and I don't know why, but I really do. It really um I think it's a powerful episode when you get there. But um, it again, it's, it's I loved I love the references to Maris. Just, you know, she was distraught that I might have cold feet, but she was so relieved. <laughs> that was just a heart murmur. <laughs> It'll plague me for the rest of my life. <laughs> we have another reference um, to Maris earlier, which I skipped over, which was just really weird about, like, uh, oh, I have Maris, I've dinner for a ball player. I'd just as soon ask her to rub my shoulders. And you kind of, it was kind of funny and also just got a bit weird and just It sad. was a bit weird. Um, it's a weird line. Um, again, just kind of Maris's complete aversion to any kind of physical comfort. Now, the main kind of plot point in this episode is revealed at this point where Frazier has slept with Sam's fiance Sheila because of a few months ago, was it? He was back in Boston. What's the timeline? Um, I think it was about three months ago. Three months ago. Again, kind of hard to believe that they've worked that in. Um, why he would be back in- there. Boston three months ago, are we to believe that he didn't pop into Cheers? Apparently so. It's just insane yeah. to me. But uh, I, what's more insane? Well, Fraser just picking up someone random at a, an airport bar wherever he met her. Um, it's not completely out of the question because he does actually meet other characters at a bar in different episodes. Like the one where that woman keeps leaving a voicemail for someone else and he goes and meets her there. So it's not entirely out of his character, but it just didn't think it was that believable here for me. I've struggled with this. No, it, it seems to me to be quite shoehorned in a little bit. I just mm. I find it, I'm with you, I find it quite difficult to believe that. that I mean, it, they could have done this in a much better way. It wouldn't have been that hard to have had it that they got together at. I don't know, some other way. Yeah. I find it a bit strange that, you know, he just, he happened to be in Boston. He didn't see any of his old and dear friends and he just picked some random woman up at a bar. It's just, it seems a bit, I don't know, maybe lazy writing slightly. I'm reluctant mm. to say it. I, I um, know, I, I agree. I agree. Sheila, of course, do you know who she's played by? I was recognized her so much and she's she's been in a lot that I've seen, but I, I couldn't point her to her name. Um, so it's Tia Leone, I think it's pronounced. Tia Leone, um, that she, rings a I big think bell. She's quite a distinctive voice. Yeah, she does. It's quite like, yeah, she does actually. She must have done voice acting at some point, but she does have a very distinctive voice. That's what alerted me to, to knowing her. Because um, I always associate her with a film Deep Impact, in which she plays like yes. a news journalist. Yeah. Um, but I think she's also, I think at the moment she stars in a show called Madam Secretary or Madam President, something like that, which mm. I've not seen. So no, no comment on it. But No, I'm not, I'm not familiar with that either, but she's, she's it's still working. Fairly, fairly big in America right now, I think. Um, mm. Or it was recently, I think. So um, she's clearly doing quite well in her career. Good for her. Mm. Good for Tia Leone. <laughs> yeah. That's what I'll say. I mean, um, just on the point of Deep Impact, yeah. If you, I'm assuming you've seen the film. 
deep. I bizarrely feel like we've talked about it on the podcast, but I think I might be just making that up because I spoke about it with someone in the last 12 months. But I have seen Deep Impact, yeah. Okay, the question for you that everyone, I'm sure, wants to know, Mm -hmm. Deep Impact or Armageddon? Mate, I knew you were going to ask me this, and it couldn't be clearer. Deep Impact. <laughs> yes, that is correct. Deep answer. Impact is so much better than Armageddon. Yes. Um, <laughs> we should watch both of them for an episode and do a <laughs> do a comparison. That would be that would be niche. That would be niche. Um, <laughs> where we could do like a role play where it's like imagining Niles and Fraser watching uh, Armageddon of Deep Impact and how they would. Can you imagine? Um, if we had the great line here from Niles about the trademark of all your bedmates is that she's running away. Um, but then obviously Fraser goes to Sheila's apartment to kind of square this circle that they the writers have have, have written because they just want to draw some some narrative tension between Sam and Fraser, which could have been done better, we think. Um, on on we're listening, but um, he, I just love her line where she says, you know, you have to hit rock bottom. Um, and Fraser yeah. just slowly, I'm, I'm saying I'm glad I could be down there for you. It's pretty risky and, and innuendo filled um, from Fraser, but. I just think watching Kelsey's face just drop as he realizes she's just reliving this horrendous night. Um, whereas for him, it was probably, you know, a nice little bonus on his way back to Seattle. Um, I just think it's a hilarious interaction. Yeah. Um, I really do love when he gives her his card. He's like, no, 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 I, I can help you as a psychiatrist. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so good. Um, but we, like, sorry, you, you were going to say something. I was going to say, like, given that Sheila's a sexual compulsive as well, um, they met her at a bar, so assuming they've probably had a few drinks. Yeah. You reckon she would instantly connect with, like, oh, that's the guy I slept with this time in this bar? You reckon... Or would there have been a moment like, oh, do I? I feel like I know him from somewhere. Yeah. So, so she she remembers, does she? Before Fraser has to remind her, is that the insinuation she that she like knew in Novosa? That's why she wants to go home. And then Fraser going to apartment, she's already like, I know why you're here. Because if that is the case, I'm so with you. Like, if she's sexual compulsive, there's no way she'd remember someone like Fraser. Like, no offense to the guy, but I can't imagine he's going to be the most memorable person she'll have ever been with so it's just a bit like yeah um yeah i mean i mean i think <clears throat> they don't necessarily say in so many words that she um remembers but i or at least remembered before fraser brought it up but yeah. i definitely get that feeling that she does because i mean she when she meets fraser for the first time i think she says oh it's nice to meet you but as soon as he answers she answers the door to him she says oh hello fraser mm. it's not oh, oh hello you know what are you doing here or oh are you looking for sam she so she i think she clearly has some idea of why he's there yeah i think the implication um, is that she must remember which is a little far-fetched for me unless it's just because it, it was absolute rock bottom for her and she's never <laughs> gonna forget it um, clearly was just terrible for all involved <laughs> um I mean, Sam comes in at this point and Fraser's got a pretty hilarious scream and and also uses a very common but always weird phrase to me to mean a cramp dead leg in America. Can you remember what, what he says? I've got a Charlie horse. A like Charlie horse. This what? is just the strangest thing to me ever, man. Every time I hear it, it flags. It's a, yeah, it's such a weird phrase. We don't have that phrase at all. I think, it, must, I think it means it. a dead leg or a cramp. I think it must be one of the two things. Um, where on earth it comes from? It sounds like it's like a. It sounds like a cartoon character. Um, weirdly, I feel like it comes from. Um, in fact, I'm going to Google it now because weirdly, I thought in my head it was something to do with like one of the tendons is almost like horse shaped. But I think I'm complete. Oh, that doesn't explain the ch the Charlie part. So let's uh, let's have a look here. Charlie horse. No name for muscle spasm. Does it have any 
I don't think it. I don't think it says where it comes from on Wikipedia. Um, yeah, be very, very interested to know if people could tell us where on earth that, that term comes from. Um, basically, it's it's like a dead leg slash cramp. So there you go. Um, Fraser has a Charlie horse. He screams. Sam comes in. Then we realise that Sheila's actually been with a lot more from Cheers than just Frasier, um, which at first I was confused by because I thought she was just saving Frasier by saying, oh, it was with Paul. I don't know who Paul is. Um, I don't know if that's meant to be short, a, an in-joke. Or... Sorry? Is that a short, bold, fat Paul? <laughs> <laughs> that's the guy. Um, <laughs> and then she says Cliff. And all, even when she says Cliff, I was like, is the joke here that she's just saying names and defending Frasier? Or is she actually... Has she actually slept with these people? And the joke is ultimately that she has slept with those people. But I was just a bit confused. I was just a bit like that. They've really like just thrown the Sheila under the bus in terms of writing for me. Like I just think like she's just a useless character in this episode. She's she's completely a she's a prop. Is yeah, what she, is. she is a That's prop. She is. She's just so there's a, a bit of tension between Sam and, and Fraser, which ultimately there isn't because he never comes clean to him, which I also find hard to believe. Yeah, and I I don't think Sam would be angry at Fraser because Fraser doesn't know that they're together. I mean, Frasier's... yeah, whereas Cliff would know, presumably. I don't know. Yeah, Cliff and Paul have got a lot to answer for. I have, mate. Especially Cliff, Paul. Come on. I wouldn't have thought it of Paul. Um, no, not fat, bold Paul or whatever he was called. Short Paul as well. Short Paul. Man, he really doesn't have the... Uh, he didn't win the lottery, did he, in the gene, gene department? <laughs> he did not. Um, I love the way Kelsey says, I believe she said Cliff. <laughs> when she when she says Cliff again. When he's about to admit to uh, to his infidelities. But yeah, I just, I just think it's a weird ending for this episode. I just think in the apartment and stuff this scene kind of goes on a little bit longer than i thought and you don't have the the reconciliation between fraser and sam but you get it in the car but still you know fraser's keeping some some secrets obviously so it's never fully resolved um i mean it's very cozy in the car you know it's raining it's night time they're driving somewhere i'm always gonna like a scene in fraser that's set up in this way but yeah what did you make of the ending yeah the ending's fine and i do like the fact that they're going like to the airport bar to pick up a yeah i really, I really like, like that it's a nice little throwback to the whole thing that fraser's been worried about from day one mm-hmm. um yeah I, I i could have done without the whole sheila storyline to be honest yeah. with you and just had that sam and, and fraser interaction i think correct me if i'm wrong but certainly my viewpoint is that the the cheers episodes of fraser are probably amongst the weaker episodes i don't think they're generally i think most people would would, would say that unless you're a diehard cheers fan i think a lot of people would agree there yeah because of course like there's the one with woody where they just don't want to be around each other or they can't do it for more than a weekend or something like that yeah and it just kind of sours them a little bit doesn't it um yeah and i mean in a way i me like there's a i think there's a few like little holes in this episode that don't quite make sense like the whole boston thing yet they haven't seen each other for months and months and months yeah that's a significant one um and i think it'd be interesting to know you know for the listeners who are big cheers fans are bigger cheers fans necessarily than me it'd be interesting to see if this episode means more to them or if they or if they, in contrast did they actually dislike it even more because they feel it's souring their view of a character that they particularly love mm. um, it'd be really interesting but for me yeah the last scene's okay it's fine um but generally i think it's a weak fairly weak episode to be honest 
Yeah, I, I'm, I'm with you there. Um, I think it's a, it's a nice reconciliation between the two at the end in the car, but be very interested to hear from from people, who, especially big Cheers fans, about how you see the treatment of Sam and the way they deal with his return. You only get one shot at this. you know. Other than Lilith, they're only ever in it for one episode. Cliff and Norm and Carla are stuffed into one episode, which I think is just a travesty in its own, in its own way, because those, those three you know, were kind of primed to have their own kind of show cliff and norm together in one episode the, the show where cliff and norm show up would have been really good i think but yeah like so you only get one shot of doing this do they make the most of it um i think it's the question we, we want to ask um so i think i know the answer to this question key is this in your top 10 it is not in my top 10 it's not in my top 10 either i think no surprises there who's your best actor pick this week oh god I, to be honest with you because i'm not a huge fan of the episode i kind of struggled yeah, I think I think I've got to go with Kelsey just because mm-hmm. of I like his his sort of yelp or scream when when Charlie Horse, yeah. yeah, Charlie Horse there, uh, and I do love like the little interaction between him and and Niles with the uh, the operatic game and things like that. So I'll go with Kelsey, <laughs> but I don't for me I don't think anyone really shines this week. Truth mm. be told, I am in complete agreement, and I also have gone with uh, with Kelsey. Um, for the same for the same reasons, but yeah, I mean, Niles had some good moments, but not quite enough to give. I felt like I was just being contrarian if I gave it to Niles. Um, Kelsey is the vehicle in this episode. Oh, man on the ground, Kennedy Burling. Okay, what would he make of the antics in this episode? I think Kennedy Burling is going to get on the first flight back to Boston. <laughs> and and, and he up uh, those bars, he said so much about. Yeah, hit up all these airport bars. Wow. Do you think in Sheila's sexual compulsive past there may be a, a, a tryst with one Mr. Burling at some point? Well, let me tell you, right, that was not rock bottom if she did. <laughs> no no fear here. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Key. No further questions needed. All that, all that means before we go over to listen to mail this week is to play Whose Crane Is It Anyway? And the quote I have for you this week, Key, is that sounds meaningful to me. Who says that sounds meaningful to me? Oh, okay. Um, I think I, I think might, you might know this. I might possibly know this. I, is it the last line of the whole episode? I think um, it might be. The, it's either penultimate or the very last. I think. Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think is it Frasier, and he says it to Sam when <laughs> Sam's not about going to the airport bar. He does. That is exactly what he says. Um, it's a great little interaction, great little moment um, where they're off to go and cruise for chicks at the airport bar. Um, but yeah, well played, Keith. It's fresh. You know, stewardesses usually hang out at that airport bar. That's not meaningful to me. <laughs> uh, Sorry, we jump over to listen to Mal this week. Yeah, let's do it. Raz, who's our next caller? Okay, so thank you everyone who wrote in this week. We've got a few comments to read out. So first, Mr. Sidney Asbasket. What a fantastic episode. Nathan Lame is a cracking character. He's a hell of an actor. He's been in Adam's Family on Broadway, co-starring alongside B.B. Newworth, who plays Lilith. An amazing couple in that performance, I'm sure. He obtains Fraser's suit in the episode by collecting it from the dry cleaners. Somewhere along the way, Fraser mentions this. I'm disappointed we don't see the theft take place. It could have been subtle, so as an audience, we miss it initially. But if you watch the episode again, you see it happen. 
that would have been cool a bit like the final of episode of breaking bad don't want to spoil that too much for those who haven't seen it but a lot happens in the final episode cafe scene and the first time i saw it i missed bits as i concentrate on the conversation okay i always appreciate red dwarf back to back to the future keep those connections in there glad to find more fans of some of my favorite things gotta say i do like the smell of diesel personally i think this is a very strong episode i look forward to next week's sam is a brilliant addition to the show even just for an episode keep up with the good work um thank you sydney some great some great comments there actually number one a few people have mentioned i was joking well not even joking i was confused as to why the suit would be folded up in a suitcase obviously i completely forgot that it's a dry cleaners and he picks it up with the ticket that's in the suitcase um i definitely agree we should have seen the theft take place in a really subtle background way that would have been a nice easter egg to go back and look at um and weirdly i've only watched breaking bad all the all the way through once I can't remember this cafe scene or what I missed, so I'm going to have to do a bit of Googling and read up what happens here. Because um, Breaking Bad was a show where there was lots of Easter eggs and hidden things, even like the names of episodes. Um, like this is a really cool one, Key, and this is no spoiler for anyone who's not seen Breaking Bad. The last episode is called Felina, F-E-L-I-N-A. Um, and initially you think, oh, what is that? Is it like a, a place name in New Mexico where the show is set or something? But if you actually break it down, it's the elements Fe, Ally, and Na. So it's iron, lithium, and sodium, which are the elements you would get in blood, sweat, blood, meth, and tears. Um, obviously, instead of blood, sweat, and tears, the show is all about meth. So how cool is that to have like that much of detail going into the episodes? Um, but yeah, great comment from Sydney Ass Basket. I feel I can't say too much about Breaking Bad because mm-hmm. I was I watched Breaking Bad um, and I got to about three episodes before the end of it. Right. And my girlfriend turned around and went, oh, it seems like a good show. We should watch it together. Oh. And I was like, okay. She went, well, I haven't seen any, so we'll start at episode one. And then you, about... You three from the end. <laughs> What's wrong with you, man? <laughs> so um, she said, we'll start by watching it from the start. And then she got about a season in and she got bored. Uh, oh, but it was two no. months later, and I now had to like I'd lost the flow of where I was. Oh so yeah, I, I still several that. years later have not seen the last episode. Oh man, I think <laughs> so, it has a satisfying conclusion. But the Breaking I'm, Bad's a show that I know it's super acclaimed, but for me, it's a show I'll only ever watch once. Um, it's the thing, it's so oh, plot driven that once you've seen yeah. it all the way through once, there's not much to get out of a rewatch for me. Um, I am. Um, I always want to think. Oh, okay. I'm gonna go back to the start. And I'll watch it. Properly. It's a bit exhausting, it. isn't it? The thought of that. Yeah, and the first season, like, it can be a bit slow, mm. and like, you really have to get into it. And I've never quite had the mentality to get into it. Yeah, I mean, a, a good comparison to show like The Sopranos in terms of like prestige TV and the golden era of TV for many people, it's The Sopranos that started that, and. It's basically The Sopranos is a show that's so character driven rather than plot driven um, that you can watch The Sopranos so much and you can just put random episodes of it on um, and it still holds up and there's new things to find. I'm not saying that's entirely not true of Breaking Bad. Breaking Bad has interesting characters, but it's very plot driven rather than character driven. Um, So that there's a good comparison point there. It's interesting, isn't it? I think there are, there's a sort of group of shows that are probably regarded as driving tv forward and oh yeah the sopranos lost breaking bad game of thrones these shows that everyone seemed to watch do you have a favorite actor you've ever seen live wow um i for someone who loves literature and theater and arts and stuff i have been to the, the actual theater shockingly 
few times. Um, some off the top of my head, I saw Anthony Sher, who's a very famous British stage actor, one of the most. He's got royalty here. Played um, Willie Loman in Death of a Salesman. But also, probably the best one, actually, I saw Adrian Lester, who was in BBC's Hustle, which is a show I loved when I was he, a kid. Was he also in a show called Bone Kickers? He, he probably won't know, because I only ran for a season. No, it, but, but he may well have been. Yeah. yeah. What's that about? It's about an archaeological department at a university. Mm. Um, except every week they would find like the cross of Jesus, uh, Excalibur. Um, oh my God. Is it like a comedy or? It was a drama. Oh, okay. <laughs> 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 It ran for six episodes, but they're very they're very watchable. Mm. No, that sounds really good. But yeah, I, I loved Hustle as a kid. And I really liked Adrian Lester, and he was in a Royal Shakespeare production of Othello as as, as Othello that I saw, and he was he was really good. And Rory Kinnear was Iago. Obviously, Rory Kinnear, super famous, um, is in the Bond films and and all sorts. So he's probably my probably my favorite actor I've seen live. Um, yeah, interesting shout. Yeah, I mean for me, what, what I about think... you? Um, in terms of the best, I saw um, Christopher Eccleston in Macbeth. Oh, wow. He's, he's um, meant to be amazing, isn't he? Oh, he was, honestly, he was head and shoulders above everyone else in that production. Really? Like, it was the, the production was okay, and, and it was an interesting take on it, but Christopher Eccleston, you're like, wow, not this guy. As an actor. This guy's got chops. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And like he really used, like he's obviously got a northern accent. And he mm. like he's and a lot of people when you watch Shakespeare, they don't do a regional accent. And he just he, he used it and he just oh it was amazing. Wow. Um other people I've seen like Adrian Edmondson, I saw him play um he was in um Twelfth Night. Oh, um, no way. Yeah, and he played um is it Malvolio? Um and that was amazing. Like a brilliant for people who who maybe aren't familiar with British TV, Adrian Edmondson there was a period he was in a TV show called Bottom, The Young Ones. Mm. Um, really funny comedic actor. He was great. He was fantastic. In that. Great opposite the the late great Rick Mayall. I never know his yeah. surname. Yeah. Um, I've also seen like uh, Toby Jones and Zoe Wanamaker in a play. Ah, oh, I love both the of them. Pinter Theatre. I think it was a, the birthday party. Oh um, yeah. But it's weird because I really like them both as actors particularly Zoe Wanamaker because I loved it, My Family I loved in. My Family um, but I, I'm not a huge fan of Harold uh, Pinter's, uh, Pinter's work so mm. it, was, it was okay it wasn't great um, I've not I've not read or seen much Pinter actually but yeah I think I'd probably be the same I loved My was, Family so yeah. good back I mean, in the I, day. I bought the tickets because they were in it and it was fairly yeah. cheap but yeah it's just a bit I think his work's a bit strange, but it's an interesting mm. tangent to go on. <laughs> I, I, one that I'm so down for, any kind of lit and culture tangent, man, I'm there. Um, but yeah, so, we've got Reckler next. Yeah, but up next up we've got Reckler. It says, uh, you guys are crazy. Petra is a hor horrid smell. The <gasps> um, <laughs> shock from Will. <laughs> um, in regards to seeming negative about Daphne, don't worry about it. It's your opinion, and I do agree with some of the things you, you bring up about her. I appreciate that your guys, um, that your arguments are fair and level-headed, and not fueled by emotion. I'm really looking forward to the episode of Daphne's um, room, uh, and she's hopefully, uh, hopefully, it'll be positive all the way, and maybe Daphne will finally get your actor pick of the week. Also goes on. I'm, I'm slightly paraphrasing here, um, but. Just because it ties into a comment I made today. Um, don't blame Key for keeping to the shadows on social media. I normally do this too, but this year I took this a step deeper by into it by reading comments about COVID. It was a real eye-opener in how convincing some people can be with their versions of the truth, which relates to your discussion about confidence making things more believable. Um, talking of believability, she also notes that she agrees that Heather not recognising 
Fraser's voice is stretching the believability in the episode. Mm-hmm. Um, and finally, uh, the, so, the show where Sam shows up. Uh, first of all, I've never seen Cheers, so this is the first time I've seen, seen Sam, and I have to say I wasn't impressed. I found the character one-dimensional and had the emotional range of a plank. I read a review somewhere <laughs> that said, aside from Lilith, all cameos from Cheers felt out of place, and I agree in regards to this cameo. Thankfully, I had a jealous Niles and a gibbering Daphne to help me get through this episode. Oh, man, some some strong words from Rekia there about Cheers. Um, would be interested to see if, you know, people who have seen Cheers agree. Um, it is interesting, though, that a lot of us, I mean, I came to Frasier before I'd, I'd seen any of Cheers. Um, so always interesting to see how the two shows intersect. Yeah, and in the UK as well, because Cheers doesn't really get aired very often over here. But No, Frasier it's not syndicated, is, on, is it? Frasier's on every morning. so Yeah, it's kind of a staple over here, Frasier is. It really you, landed in the UK. I feel there is a generation, uh, and hopefully a generation will carry on going forward with future generations, who've probably come to Frasier not through Cheers mm. um, of its own accord. Yeah. So it's interesting to see how that, that changes over time. Absolutely. Cinnamon Sable puts at home now, making my one alarm chilly and listening to We're Listening. I love that. I agree with Reckler. Gasoline has a terrible smell, but to each his own. <gasps> Not a lot of comments about For Me Once, but I did want to mention that Fraser likely didn't actually pack a suit in his briefcase. I remember him mentioning at some point that there was a ticket for his dry cleaning in there, so I presume that's how a lazy bastard got hold of the suit. Very, very good point, and obviously one I've already mentioned, so yeah, few people way quicker than I was. Um, the show where Sam comes back isn't a favourite of mine, but I do appreciate the way the writers attempt to close the gap in some of the inconsistencies between Frasier and Cheers and Frasier and Frasier. Not necessarily the most creative solutions, but points for trying. I think that's pretty much our conclusion as well. Points for trying is a good way of putting it. Um, thanks for another fun podcast. Thank you, Cinnamon Sable. Uh, next up, we've got Mischief Knight. Will and Keeb, another fun episode. I'm listening to this the day after the US election, and even though as I write this, I don't know who our next president will be, this podcast is giving me some sense of relief from the constant anxiety of this week. Mm. Um, you mentioned Nathan Lane was a voice in Stuart Little, uh, but he was also the lead character in the wonderful film Mouse Hunt. Oh, I'm not familiar, but he clearly. I, I don't is, think I've seen that either. I don't attracted to mice. <laughs> yeah, clearly that's, um, <laughs> that's what he's going for. Also, Will, I highly recommend The Birdcage. The movie hits home with me so much because Nathan Lane's character is 100% my mom. Um, <laughs> I always joke that if something ever happened to my mom, I can always watch this film to remember her. Mischief Knight didn't just mention about updating the message with trivia, um, but Wells, I think, already commented on that. Yeah, we will have that for you next week, Mischief, we promise. But interesting points there, because the birdcage, I remember my old French teacher saying way back when that I'd really get a kick out of that. It was just my kind of humour. Um, I've not seen it, but it's got Robin Williams in, it's got Nathan Lane, it's got Gene Hackman. It's, I mean, it's got some real big hitters in there, so I, I'm trying to watch it as soon as possible. Um, and also speaking to another listener of this podcast um, who will perhaps be listening now, Rebecca, who mentioned that Kelsey was in a stage production of The Birdcage, the musical version it's based on. It's got a French title. It, it means The Birdcage or something in French, but I don't know what it is. But uh, yeah, it's not like L'Oiseau de Cache or something. That would, <laughs> that would, that would be Bird and Cage, I think, but it, it's something else. Um, but yeah, he was in that. So kind of weird that, you know, Nathan Lane and Kelsey are connected by more than just Frasier. They're connected by film as well. So really, really cool. Jenny Hagedorn. Hagedorn. I, I, we spoke to you before, Jenny, and I, I see you on social media a lot. I'm so sorry for butchering your surname. Um, she puts, hey, I just want to let you know more about Mary Steenbergen, who voiced the call on Marjorie in Retirement is Murder. 
I think that was the episode. She's more connected to Frasier than you think. She's actually married to Ted Danson, our favorite barkeep, Sam Malone. Have we mentioned this before, Kira? Is this the first time we're mentioning it? Because I feel like a few people have told me this since we finished watching it. Um, you didn't I mention this in the episode, did you? I feel I thought I possibly mentioned it. I'm not sure. Oh, maybe you did. I don't know. But um, it's an amazing fact. I, I feel like I've, I've heard it since recording. So I, I, I think maybe we it was in a trivia last week, maybe that because I feel like someone went um, because I feel someone asked uh, said it was a bit strange that she was in it so close to a dancer being in it, and maybe there was a connection there. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Someone mentioned that maybe her her clout got her on the show. Uh, Sam's clout got her on the show or something. But either way, Jenny, it's such an amazing fact. Um, and the fact that we've got like a double bill Sam Malone, you know, coming out this weekend is, is kind of great. She also plays Clara in Back to the Future Three, which you guys were talking about. The third one is a favorite of the tr- my favorite of the trilogy, so I highly recommend watching it. I look forward to listening every week. So that'll be great for Steve listening. Some more Back to the Future content. Um, but yeah, I'm going to finally get around to watching Back to the Future Part Three. I know it's you know not everyone's favorite, but Jenny likes it, and I love the Wild West, so it's got to be I worth feel- the punt. See, I need to start with Back to the Future, the, first, the original, and then watch them in order. I can't just jump to a film in a, mm. in a, in a series. You're not going to believe this, Key. I saw them for the first time probably about five or six years ago when they did a double bill of one and two at the cinema. Um, so I actually got oh, really? to see them for the first time in the cinema. How cool is that? That's so cool. I yeah, know. I, mean, I really in, love them. Um, obviously, anyone based in England will know that ITV only seemed to own the rights for like five films and one of those <laughs> is Back to the Future so it's the other one is GoldenEye I can't tell what the other three are but GoldenEye's on a lot GoldenEye Back American to the Future Jurassic 2 is Park. always on ITV too that is yeah. always on so um, that's where I always see it <laughs> um, okay and finally we've got Cam's comment is it, I might not be final actually I haven't scrolled all the way down it is final um, it is final Cam's comment so uh, give me an L Give me an A. Nathan Lane is fantastic in that episode. Although every time I hear his voice, I think of Timon from The Lion King. Absolutely. Um, brilliant work mentioning the Back to the Future trilogy. Um, I'm a big fan. I don't think I have a favourite, but I do have a soft spot for the Wild West. He notes that uh, Steve will have an opinion too. And also says that he's seen bits and pieces of Red Dwarf, but they haven't had that one in New Zealand for a long time and can't find it on New Zealand Netflix. Um, another British comedy that he likes is Harry Enfield and Chums and the stand-up comic Mickey Flanagan. Hmm. Um, that said, uh, speaking of Mickey Flanagan, I did see a, a rather amusing meme of, of Mickey Flanagan summarising um, the, the, what were our restrictions previously in regards to COVID. Hmm. Because we're now at time of speaking on the second day of a national lockdown again. Um, however, before this, we had a tier system with tier one, tier two, and tier three, depending on whether it was medium, high, or very high risk. And... Um, well, I think Mickey Flanagan said, so if you're tier one, you can go out. If you're tier two, you can pop out, but don't go out. And tier three, don't go out. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. Quite, quite amusing. Summarised it quite well. Very true. Um, Cam says, um, you like the smell of petrol? Ooh, smell my hands. I'm handy now. <laughs> um, me too. I also love the smell of vitamin when they are resurfacing the roads. I'm that annoying driver who drives at about 10 kilometers an hour with my window down to take in the fragrance of freshly poured vitamin. Am I weird for it? Yes, for sure. As, <laughs> anyway, as always, up the villa. Up the villa. Thank you, Hammy. We're playing on Sunday, actually. So um, depending on when 
the next episode is recorded. We might be in very bad spirits or very good spirits again, we'll see. Um, but thank you, everyone, who uh, wrote in this week. Great to hear from you all, as always. Um, keep your listener mail coming. It really means a lot. Next week, we'll be looking at Season 2, Episode 17, Daphne's Room, which obviously Reckley is really looking forward to. It's a good one. Frasier gets into hot water when he accidentally goes into Daphne's room and stays a little bit longer than he should. So looking forward to that one. Um, just a reminder that if you want to follow us and interact with us on social media, on Twitter, we're at FraserPod. On Facebook, we're, you can find the We're Listening, a Fraser podcast page. We post on those every week. On Reddit, reddit.com forward slash r forward slash Frasier. We post on there every week, and that's where we collate all the trivia. Um, you can get in contact with us there. And if you ever want to tip us and donate a virtual coffee, you can find us at ko-fi.com forward slash FraserPod. But until then, I've been Will. I've been Kay. And thank you very much for listening to We're Listening. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Toss salads and scrambled eggs. Oh, my. And maybe I seem a bit confused. Yeah, maybe, but I got you pegs. <laughs> but I don't know what to do with those tossed salads and scrambled.